I will say this. I, I think it was a really bad mistake to have the news on during the show today, Josh. So if you would like to change it. It's, yeah, uh, do, do we have the Big Ten Network? It's in the – so on DirecTV – oh, we don't have DirecTV in here. I was going to say it's in the 600s. I know. It's 610 on DirecTV. <laughs> Very good. I looked it up this morning to go ahead and hit that DVR button. I will say one of the cool things that I've noticed in watching Big Ten Media Day take place, and we're going to get to what Kevin Warren had to say at uh, Big Story Number 2 in the top five stories of the day. But they don't mess around, man. Literally, they they roll. You got And Kevin Warren is introduced as the coaches. Uh, after he got done with his his uh, questions, he's like, all right, that's my last question. They don't have a moderator. The commissioner does it. He's like, all right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you. Uh, our next coach is a strong believer in the fellowship of Christian athletes. He's done a great job of leading men. That to go to Michigan State and Mel Tucker. And walks up, shakes And his without hand. further ado, let's get this show on the road and uh, yeah. let's all get the heck out of here. <laughs> Not bad. He's like, you know, uh, none of y'all want to be here. You guys want to be at the bar uh, taking advantage of our free happy hour we have for you. So let's get through this so we can all get there together. Mel, now that you've had a couple of years at Michigan State, do you feel like skipping out on Colorado was, in fact, the right decision? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hold on. Hold on here. Oh, yeah. I just talked about that. Okay. Now, Blaine Brown, I've said this many times. Blaine has the super secret textoso line. And anytime Blaine's sending me a tweet, sometimes he's ahead of the curve on breaking news. This time, I had him beat. It was on the 16-team playoff conversation. Take that, Blaine. Step ahead of you today, buddy. All right, top five stories of the day is always presented by Newcastle Casino, where real are E-E-L gamers come to play. Big story number five. Number five. As heard right here on The Ref, <laughs> uh, as heard right here on The Ref, there is a new professional sports franchise coming to Oklahoma City. The Spark will be a member of the uh, women's professional fast pitch softball league. You can learn more at okcspark.com. Did you already get the podcast up of Tina? Yeah, it's it's up Look, on automatic. Yep. Look so at all you. the listeners can get to it. This is why I really need to be replaced in that. <laughs> It's a prime example. This this thing, it's a well-oiled machine as soon as you get me out of Holy there. Holy smokes. That's, that's awesome. Okay, I can send that. Lo, Lo, I need your email address, and I'll send over Tina's interview right now. But if you missed it, it's on our podcast page right now at krefsports.com. And, yeah, it's good, man. Tina Floyd and the, the job that she's done in showing support for this incredible sport. Their Floyd's RVs is well. I pass them every day when I go home, and obviously they've uh, they've got a whole new kind of mindset over at Floyd's RVs. And I'm just I'm so happy for Tina and her family. It is a it's a big freaking deal what's happening here, and you got a chance to have a new professional franchise in Oklahoma City. So Tina Floyd says, you know what? I'm gonna take a leap of faith here. We're going to get it done. Her husband, Robert, said, let's go. By the way, Robert, our kind of guy, Josh Helmer. Tina's our kind of girl, but Robert, our kind of guy. One, I mean, of, he is one of the, one one of the guys. Of us. One of us. One, one of, of us. So congratulations, Tina. Congratulations, Lauren. Congratulations, Oklahoma. The OKC Spark. OKCSpark.com. Check it out online. Or CarryFSports.com. You can listen to the interview. All right, big story number four. Number four. I got a bunch of audio here. 
right? Um, why am I ask, acting like Connor doesn't know how to do this? I mean, he's an old pro. He knows the board better than anyone, probably. All right, there was, I guess, some interesting moments yesterday in the introductory press conference for the Carolina Panthers in the start of, of their camp. Here was a little back and forth between Matt Rule and some reporters on the Baker story and how it kind of came came to pass. One other thing, uh, there was, uh, I guess, back when you faced uh, Baker in college and I think the pregame he was talking a little trash to your teammates and said you forgot who your daddy is, going to have to spank you. And <laughs> not you guys had a good said. showing that day. But uh, that, that personality that you got from Baker there, you saw from Baker there, and it's kind of maintained the last – few years in NFL too uh is that something you want to continue that 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 edginess well I have to tell you David the story I got to tell you the story how it really happened uh so I'm in the locker room and you know we're not very good at the time I think we're 0-3 or 0-4 and and they said hey there's a fight the DBs and and Baker almost just got into a fight and I came storming out you know I went after the officials and I'm like I want you know I want 15 yards on him da 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 and Charlie Brewer, uh, my freshman quarterback at the time, who was redshirting, wasn't even playing, who ended up being my starting quarterback, you know, later that year and for two years, a great player, went to Lake Travis, and uh, he, he actually walked over to me and said, "Hey, Coach Baker didn't start that fight; I did." <laughs> so, so it's a little, it's a little Lake Travis uh, uh, thing that you know, the, the, they, 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 they breed competitors there. I can promise you that. Play that part again at the beginning of him. Trying to say the you forgot who your daddy is. Right, bless that old man. Sorry, uh, and uh, I believe he said that you forgot who daddy is. Yeah, <laughs> the best part is Matt Rule saying, "Yeah, uh, thanks for the question. That you was know uncomfortable." What? But on that subject, do you know what's kind of funny about it, Josh? Is remember how they showed that other video of the the overhead view of the Matt Barnes pump fake and Kobe Bryant not flinching. We've always seen the f- the side view, right? And it's like Matt Barnes pumps a ball in his face and to- Kobe doesn't even move. And when you see the overhead view, it's like Kobe's not even like really looking at him and he kind of <laughs> Right. Uh that's kind of like now this Baker story, right? It's like, "What? I just I just thought he went up there and started talking trash to him." And lo and behold, it was another guy on Baylor's team that started the fight. Gah! I, I will say, I think my favorite Nice part, job by Matt Rule to throw him under the bus. Yeah, exactly. I will say, I think my favorite part in in all of it was that <laughs> Baker, it was either in the post game or the, the Monday press conference, said, yeah, I really wasn't expecting Eddie to be there with a camera right in our face whenever that happened. But it worked out perfectly. There was a little bit more from Matt Rule about uh, just the, the trade. And I'm, I'm sorry, I did not edit out the questions, so I don't know. When did you and Ben really start to imagine – what this team might look like with Baker in that exit quarterback. Scott and I had that conversation in, uh, before the draft and in the draft. You know, we were we were you know talking about that and just the deal didn't happen. And so it was sort of an ongoing conversation until it until it finally did you know occur. Uh, there were times where it looked like it wasn't you know wasn't going to occur. In spring and OTAs, uh, we really became really excited about what Sam was doing. And when we got Matt, obviously we were excited about Matt. So, you know, there was a time that wasn't sure if it was going to happen. But when the time came, at the end of the day, we felt felt like it was the right thing for the team, and we did it. And let's see. Was there anything more? Oh, uh, how did Sam Darnold handle the news of the Baker trade? Sam's an amazing person. He's an awesome person, first of all. 
He's also a competitor. He's determined to play his best football this year. I've seen nothing but positive things from Sam since the end of last season to the way he showed up in the spring to what he did in the spring until now. And so, you know, when we let him know, you know I'm not going to share a lot of my conversations with guys, but when we let him know that we were, we were making this move, uh, he handled it like the ultimate team guy and the ultimate professional. I, you know, I think he's taken very much a, hey, I'm going to control what I can control, and that's the way that I play. And so I look forward to seeing him play great football this camp. So, in other words, what you're saying is that he didn't handle it like the quarterback in draft day who, whenever he found out that the Browns had moved up to number one to potentially take Bo Callahan, he trashed Sonny Weaver Jr.'s office. It doesn't sound like it, though. That was, of course, much more entertaining. and. Translated to film terrifically. <laughs> I will say, I watched draft. I hadn't seen the end of draft day before. I've watched like all the way through it and never seen the end. So it was on the flight. And I, I can't believe the Jacksonville Jaguars would give up four second round picks for the number six pick overall in the draft. That's huge. Big leap up the board. I liked how the owner showed up in the draft room and wanted to fight Kevin Costner because they didn't. How how quickly did that guy get from New York to Cleveland is what I want to know. I mean, what what kind of jet stream was he on where he got there in the span of of from the first pick to the fifth pick where he was ready to fight him? I mean, that's incredible. In the pantheon of Kevin Costner sports movies, Brian Drew. Thank you, Brian Drew. That was the quarterback for Cleveland. Is that one anywhere near the top five Kevin Costner sports movies? Probably number one, if you think about it, right? <laughs> Don't say that. No oh way. <laughs> I thought it was terrible, but I loved it. I was all in on it yesterday. So, in other words, no situation like that in Carolina with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Devontae Adams has been talking a lot about Derek Carr. What I'm not going to do is say Derek is not going to be a Hall of Famer because at the end of the Damn day, straight. I believe this is not putting any expectations or any added pressure on him because, you know, he puts all that type of pressure on himself because of what he expects every time he touches the field. Well, if Calm he doesn't want to say it, I'll say it. He's probably not going to be a Hall of Famer. Probably. He could not. be a Raiders Hall of Famer. He's got kidding Raider fans don't want him as a Hall of Famer for some reason you would think Derek Carr is out Ring there of doing, honor. doing things like freaking Mark Wilson or something with the way Raiders fans act about is him. this going to be a game changer for Derek Carr though Dab, I mean, he, they got Derek some Adams. nice weapons down there all of a sudden did I just say Derek Adams Dab Devonta I hope so Adams and obviously Waller got I, Renfro they brought in a couple of other receivers uh, like Keenan Cole this offseason AFC West is so good it's going to be fun all right big story number three Number three. Number three. I hosed Connor on that. I literally threw to number three as soon as he changed screens. Uh, I just want to play this cut real quick from Brian Windhorst because I like how the Celtics have magically become the top spot for Kevin Durant whenever they're not offering anything for him. It's just it's so dumb the way that this is playing out right now. All right, so here's Brian Windhorst. My feel is that those talks are not brand new. The Celtics have been talking to the Nets all along. When they offered Jalen Brown, I don't know when that was, but it wasn't yesterday or the day before. That offer's been there for a while. This Durant situation is so different from all the star players who've asked for trades for the last decade because he's got four years on his contract. It's not like when Anthony Davis asked. It's not like when Kawhi Leonard asked. It's just different, and there's not a playbook for it. And so the Nets, because of that, are asking an obscene price. That's the funny thing. 
Everyone acts like somehow Boston has somehow come with this massive off. The odds have changed. They haven't. They've been in the mix from day one. They're just not offering anything. Enough to right. convince the Nets that, okay, yeah, we're we're going to part with Kevin Durant, who, oh, by the way, has club control for multiple seasons here. Jalen Brown has a contract that is he's very likely not going to extend. You know, in the NBA, when you're in a contract and you want to extend your contract, you can only extend your contract a certain percentage. And so even if Jalen Brown was over the moon excited with the Celtics, even if they had gone 82-0 and last year and he had averaged 50 points a game and shot 100% <laughs> from the field, and he was telling people that he never wants to leave the city of Boston again in his life, he would not extend his contract because his contract that he's in right now limits how much he can extend for. So the Celtics, as they look long-term, are probably facing Jalen Brown eventually becoming an unrestricted free agent on them in two years and them not having control over where he's going to go. That makes sense. I mean, obviously you want to increase your earning power and – I mean, Jalen Brown's not got a bunch of dummies, I'm sure, no. representing him, telling him, no. look, we are not going to extend and make less money. No, Which then, if you're trying to facilitate a Kevin Durant trade, that hampers that, right? Because you're, if you're the Nets, you're like, well, I mean, we'd like Jalen Brown back, but you know, we want Jalen Brown for four or five seasons coming back. Yeah, it's just... And we want the security of that. I, and, and the funny thing is, I don't even know if I'm the Nets where I'm like, God, Gotta get Jalen Brown no. in here for Kevin no. Durant. No, you I'm, want Jason Tatum. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, we'll we'll swap you. We'll take Tatum. You you can have KD. All right, big story number two. Number two. All kinds of information coming out from Big Ten Media Day, including Kevin Warren, basically insinuating that we're getting closer towards a sixteen-team playoff than we are a twelve-team playoff. He also. And, and, and by the way, Big Ten supportive, 100% supportive of playoff expansion, which again, why was there ever the alliance in the first place? Why did the, those three conferences ever get together in the first place to fight against conference expansion? I think Warren wanted to keep the SEC from getting USC and UCLA. I, I think that he wanted to have this illusion out there that ah, we're not against, you know, we're not, we're not in favor of college athletics being tarnished in this way, that, and the other. And then, lo and behold, it's boom. Guard is down. Here comes USC and UCLA. Here's the exact quote. I'm 100% supportive of college football playoff expansion. What is the right number? We'll figure it out. I feel strongly that we need to have multiple media partners. So that might be the biggest for driving the factor. Uh, for the playoff. Right, exactly. Instead of just saying Oklahoma, ESPN made a godfather offer hey, Fox is here, and they want to get involved in that game too. I think multiple media partners would be really cool. The NFL does it. I think it would be cool. And it appears as if as competitive as ESPN and Fox are, they have a pretty good relationship when it comes to you know chopping up the rights and their draft that they do every single and year. And would that mean, a la the Super Bowl, that we rotate broadcast partners for the national championship game? Or – is this, again, as we've discussed in the past, is this just let's drive up the asking price for the sole ownership of the college football playoff? I mean, it can be that, too, right? Anytime you sit there and say, ah, we want to take this thing to market and we want mm -hmm. multiple networks to be broadcasting it, 
yeah, but if ESPN, again, as you said, comes back with that, no, we're not going to let anybody else have this, and here comes your massive mega godfather offer, you know, if you're these schools, it's like, okay, well, you got us. Here is Kevin Warren talking about future expansion, too, for the Big Ten. And regarding expansion, I get asked every single day, what's next? It may include future expansion, but it will be done for the right reasons, at the right time, with our student-athletes, academic and athletic empowerment at the center of any and all decisions that we will make regarding any further expansions. We will not expand just to expand. It will be strategic. It will add additional value to our conference, and it will provide a platform to even have our student athletes be put on a larger platform so they can build their careers, but also that they have an opportunity to grow and learn from an education and from an athletic standpoint. Do you know what I kind of read into that? Boy, he really feels like they expanded just for the sake of expansion when they brought in Maryland and Rutgers. I know everyone's like, oh, TV marks. I think he realizes, yeah, I think we kind of expanded for the sake of expansion. But what it did do in, in that is it made the ACC strengthen its grip on each other, right? Because if Maryland doesn't jump to the Big Ten, the ACC probably doesn't have this massive grant of rights things that they've signed with each other. So, uh, anyway, we're following Big Ten Media Days as we speak, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Big story number one, Josh Helmer. It was a good recruiting day for the University of Oklahoma, and it appears as if it continues to get better and better and better. What would you say OU was up to? Uh, eighth? Yeah, Ninth? No, number eight wow. in the 247 Sports Composite team rankings. Isaiah Wagner uh, was the most recent ca- addition to the University of Oklahoma. Uh, I'm sorry, Josiah. Is it Josiah? Josiah. Did I say Isaiah? Isaiah, Josiah. Josiah Wagner. In fact, I had someone <laughs> I had someone tweet me like last Friday and say, oh, by the way, Josiah Wagner is uh, committing next week. I never get any recruiting scoop. But, yeah, uh, four-star cornerback announced his commitment to Oklahoma. And it looks as if OU might not be done. Derek LeBlanc. A lot of people feel like silently committed as we speak right now, which OU's got 17 commits now in this class. I mean, gosh, these last two months, man, 13 commits. I picked Oklahoma. In the last two months. I picked Oklahoma because of how elite the coaching staff is, and I know I can get developed on and off the field. I knew it was the place for me after I went to their camp this Summer. You know what? It's uh, by the I, way, courtesy of OUinsider.com, uh, Brandon Huffman. I know we got to take a break, and we're right up against it. You know, something else Brent Vittable said yesterday that was super interesting? There was one player that they recruited, and obviously he can't name players by name in any regard when it comes to recruiting, right? But Toby asked him, you know, a question about name, image, and likeness, and, you know, how is NIL factoring into stuff? And Britt Venables said, you know, there's one player that we've recruited that brought up name, image, and likeness with us. And he's now committed to the University of Texas. <laughs> That's awesome. Is that not amazing? <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredible. So just 
spiraling off of that here. Look at these commits that OU has gotten. If you had this fear that OU had to open up the checkbooks and they needed to be Texas A&M or they needed to be Ohio State or any of these number of other programs that have basically out and out said in public moments, hey, we, I, I think Ryan Day is quoted as saying we need $13 million. That's our team payroll to make this thing happen and to keep this thing competitive. Well, Brent Venables and company are showing you, eh, now nah, we don't need that. We'll get a nice little NIL situation set up, but we're not going to out and out pay players like some of these other programs. And guess what? We are still going to have a terrific top 10, top 5 type recruiting class, and then we're going to go beat your brains in when we meet you on the gridiron. Pretty exciting, isn't it? It's different. It's different. I like it. Do you like it, Connor? I love it. I like the it. defensive I love the defensive four-star recruits. That's the big thing. Recruiting on both sides of the ball. Has um, Texas fans now changed the goalpost since they dogged on Brent Venables and OU recruiting and buried OU in, like, mid-June? Uh, yeah, like two weeks ago, you mean? Now it's like, well, you know, what's your 24 class look like? Is that what it's become now? Is it going to be – is it like arguing with, with Arnie or anyone in sports where once you make a point that makes them look ridiculously wrong, it's like, well, that's not really the point. The point is this. This is what we're looking forward to. Is that what's happening now? Well, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that. R remember there was somebody on Longhorn's Wire, which, you know, my uh, – Colleagues, by the way, th thank you for embarrassing <laughs> us. Long, long Thanks for embarrassing us. They were outspoken about, oh, there's some problems here with Oklahoma's recruiting. Now that narrative has shifted over there, and it's, you know, there's some striking similarities between yeah. this Texas class and this Oklahoma class and the recruiting patterns of both. It's like, well, mm, that's a little too late for that. You kind of already made your bed. All right, quick break. Quick break. When we come back right here on The Ref, let's uh, get into a couple of other recruiting highlights and conference realignment, playoff expansion conversations as well on the Home of Sooner fans. Dude, I want to tell you, there's one uh, – Travis texted during the break because I mentioned how Texas fans moved the goalposts right on Oklahoma's crushing it yeah, and recruiting. Yeah, yeah. He said that the narrative is none of the OU commits were takes. For Texas, and we're getting the love. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's how they've adjusted. Never wanted that guy anyway. Which, by the way, is a time-honored traditional take in in college football. You're all in on a guy wanting to co uh, commit to you and be your starting whatever, and he commits or signs somewhere else. And you're like, I thought he was undersized anyway. I'm not really all that impressed with his tape. Didn't really look that great. I don't even know if our coaches wanted him. Won't fit in our scheme. Then all of a sudden he flips back to your school and you're like, oh! Told you. Something else. He's special. But speaking of something else, Damon Arnett got arrested again this morning. Oh, man. Second time in six months. Let's see. So since the Raiders were dumb enough to draft him in the first round, he's uh, he was cut for pointing a gun at people on Instagram, which did he realize you can't shoot people through the Instagram or what? Uh, then you guys, uh, the Dolphins signed and he got cut there. I think you guys signed him and he got cut there. So... Yeah, two arrests in six It months. almost worked out with us, though. <laughs> it came so close in Kansas City <laughs> to, to working out. And I guess everything that is uh, – speaking of narratives that are constant, there is, there is one constant that is finally over. It is done, finished, kaput. 
Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com. I've got no problem with Mike Florio. I think he reaches for content sometimes. He's and, a clickbaiter to and, a degree. And, and I think, you know, in a lot of ways, he'll get set in his ways. And he's smarter than you. And he knows more than you. And he's going to make sure you know that he can use bigger words than you can read. But he has constantly been on the – Kyler Murray can just say, I'm going to go play baseball. Will Kyler Murray play ba- – could Kyler Murray play – that's constantly been a thing. Well, now, unfortunately, he has to pin an article that baseball is dead for Kyler Murray. Per a source with knowledge of the contract, Murray's deal includes a very broad clause that triggers a default to his guaranteed money in the event that he has any involvement with organized baseball. I you mean, you'll be okay, Florio. Are you fine? You're not going to, I mean, you're going to write about it still? I mean, yeah. Well, now he can do the think piece. Is Kyler Murray willing to give up all that guaranteed cash for – I mean, he's pretty interested in the sport of baseball. He's got a chance here to be a double guy. He is. He is making more money than about the whole – do you see that, his contracts about all of athletic players' Like combined, he's, get, he's making board. more. Yeah, the, he's making more. The, the A's, A's organization. Yeah, the A's, the A's, yeah. Yeah. By the way, and and then I've I've also good for him, man. I've started to realize something too, that not all of these aggregation sites, which again I don't have a problem with, like awful announcing. They're reporting a story about Derek Carr that's five days old. It's like what are we? Yeah, no, I mean Derek so, Carr has testy exchange with ESPN reporter. I mean that was fr- that was like Thursday. Yeah, well we're gonna get our clicks. All right, you leave us alone. But we're gonna make Let sure us aggregate a week late. <laughs> well, they're gonna click for me because I want to see when they posted it. Let's see, Derek Carr has testy exchange on seven twenty. They posted it today. Um, this was Thursday. Whenever this happened, what are we, what are we doing? Well, keep in mind, some of us have other jobs. That's and right. Can't, That's right. You know, can't okay. Be a full time right. thing. Fair the day of. Is anyone gonna call, call him on it or? Yes, you will on this program. I think, I think I'm gonna hit reply on that. I was like, dude, this was last week. It's Tuesday. What are we doing? All right. Um, we owe you some American Solutions text, but real quick on the on the recruiting side of things. So I just happened to pull up OUinsider.com. Perhaps you've heard of it, uh, Joey ah. Helmer is with us every single Thursday. Parker I, Thune, a star. To do it. Rising star, Parker Thune. And it looks as if this 23 class for Oklahoma has moved up to number eight in their recruiting rankings. 17 commits, as Josh brought up before the break. One five-star, eight four-stars. The current rankings have Ohio State at one, Notre Dame at two, Georgia at three, Texas at four, Penn State at five, followed by Clemson, Tennessee, Oklahoma, and Alabama. So there, USC, by the way, is up to 13. Now, this was, of course, a class that had three commits that left OU to go to USC with Lincoln Riley, uh, but Oklahoma has catapulted in front of them, which is kind of cool to see. Yeah, and I keep saying this, but, man, that quote, that Lincoln Riley had that made its way out there, I think is just going to look worse and worse and worse the longer this Brent Venables tenure goes on. The idea that, uh, yeah, you know, it's going to be easier to recruit at Los Angeles and USC than it was at OU. It's like everything that Brent Venables and this staff does, he just looks worse and worse. It's, man, OU's Alabama. It's sleeping, baby. I know that you've had these 10-win seasons and Big 12 championships recently, but – Dude, this is OU. This is where championships were born. Yeah. 
You got to be able to win at Oklahoma. OU takes a backseat to nobody. USC, whatever. You can sit there, ah, it's great, it's sunny, it's the beach, it's L.A. This is so easy to recruit. Yeah, it's easy to recruit to Oklahoma, too. This is OU. By the way, I just had a note, too, from the University of Tulsa where the Golden Hurricane have officialized the addition of 11 transfer student-athletes. Now, again, some of them have been leaked throughout, but they just decided we're going we're gonna to break it all here right away. 11, including Daryl Simpson, offensive lineman from Oklahoma. Mm. Now, had that been out there and I was just really late to the party on his decision to go to TU? Yeah, I don't know. It might be an aggregation. Uh, my, well, this is from the university. <laughs> no, I know. So, I know. Uh, Virginia Tech running back Taj Gray will be a part of the University of Tulsa next year. So, very Taj cool Gray? note. Taj Gray? Yep. Taj Gray. Not the basketball player. Not to be confused with former Sooner basketball player Taj Gray. But they get a guy good on Tulsa. They've got Daryl Simpson, who I think has a chance to play well there. They've also added a kid from Miami, Colorado State, Illinois, and Tennessee. So, my alma mater. Big moves happening, baby. Look out. Getting it done. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line is next. As we head down the home stretch of the Plank Show with Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank, Connor Pasby, sitting in on a, gosh, kind of news-breaking edition right here on The Ref. Here's your song. I, can we just start playing this uh, every day at this time? So you asked who else was in the mix for Comeback Player of the Year, right? Yeah, who would be on the short list? Because 7-1, we see Deshaun Watson. Somehow, Derrick Henry has 4-1 to odds. He had an MVP. He got hurt, like, with four games. I mean, he, Basically, no. this is if you had any sort of injury, right. you make this list. But here's here's three good – here's four really good opportunities, right? Jameis Winston, five and a half to one. Okay. Yeah, I like Deshaun Watson better, but continue. Christian McCaffrey. Okay, that's a really good one. What are his odds? I would odds? probably put some Seven money half on to one. Christian McCaffrey. Baker Mayfield, ten to one. Oh, man. Yeah, I, those guys might split votes with each other. And then – And then – Michael Thomas at 10 to 1. Nolens. Though I don't even know if they have figured out if he's going to be back yet this year. That's a weird story. There is a dude that you go back two years ago was literally the number one pick in about every single fantasy football draft. And then just all of a sudden dropped off the map. He's been MIA. What's going on there? Chase Young is on this Mitch list, as is Mitchell Trubisky, J.K. Dobbins, Allen Robinson, and ooh Saquon Barkley at twenty-five to one. <gasps> Saquon Barkley, who like the league and fans, everybody's forgotten about Saquon. Juju Smith-Schuster, thirty-five to one. Yeah, I don't know that he's. I mean, that's an interesting, interesting guy, but I don't know that he's going to be Kansas City's like number one guy and have the type of production that would merit winning this award. I mean, you you basically got to be one of the best receivers in the National Football League to win comeback player of the year versus some of these other guys. Like Deshaun Watson, we think if his suspicion is minimum, if he's Deshaun Watson, like we've remembered Deshaun Watson, right. you're probably going to win this award, right? If you, I would think so. If you bet money on Deshaun Watson to win comeback player of the year and he gets suspended for the whole year, do you get your money back? No. 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 That's what I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no, hey, sorry that he didn't play this year. I mean, you're incurring that risk by wagering that. Are you surprised that we still haven't heard anything on his suspension? <laughs> yeah, I guess to some degree, because we're getting close now, man. I mean Thursday is the first game. 
Not a week from Thursday, excuse me. Preseason. Preseason game. The Hall of Fame game? The Raiders and the Jaguars. Oh, baby. God, <laughs> yes. It's my favorite time of the year, man. We get to react to things that don't matter and talk about how it's going to impact the 2022 NFL season. Um, all right, let's hit a couple of Air Comfort Solutions. Text 405-651-3439. Dallas Bill writes, yes, we're going to get to see a playoff game on True TV. All right, I don't know if it will go that in-depth on <laughs> True TV. <laughs> uh, the reminder from the 405, remember there's better shopping in L.A. Uh, here's one, Chris. Any update on Jordy Ball's arm rehab? Is she fully healed pitching any this summer? I don't believe she's pitching any this summer. I don't think so. But I will say... She is uh, – Patty went in-depth. Coach Castle went in-depth last Tuesday whenever we were out at the uh, the luncheon for Sooners Helping Sooners, which, by the way, is a great event. I mean, I, I, I don't know if – I know James used to talk about it all the time here on The Ref, but I cannot even say enough good things about what Co- Coach Pettibone and what Jay O'Neill have put together. What a great – Great opportunity because I think sometimes we get caught up in, well, everyone's going to go play pro ball somewhere, and it's just not the reality. And sometimes it is hard out there to get a job. And here's a group that says, all right, we're going to help you. And they have, and it's it's really cool. Well, really and cool. there's a lot of athletes that kind of unfortunately come to Oklahoma with that illusion, and not just OU, but since it's Sooners helping Sooners, they come to OU with the illusion of professional sports is my only path forward and probably don't spend enough time thinking, okay, what's my professional future outside of sports, right? And to have that organization in place is awesome. And just to have all of those Sooners together right. as you know, a part of an organization, I can imagine that that is a really cool event to be a part of. By the way, uh, I just got an email from uh, – Days in by Wyndham Irving Grapevine DFW Airport. Did they decide to refund you since you had an unsettling stay? That, that wants to know how my experience went. <laughs> Can I you think, give it a rate? I think, I'll, yes. I think I'll be filling this survey out as you soon as should, I get done. You should fill it out and just tell them about your whole trip there. The, the right, flight exactly. delay. Listen, you guys got a minute? Uh, I'm going to send you a 16-minute clip from my radio show from earlier today. Um, and, uh, back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Shout out to... To the OU Aviation Department. They're training the pilots. Yes, the pilots are doing a great job. For the 405, the airline industry is shorthanded because they fired all employees that didn't vax. Oh, did they really? Hmm. Um, well, I will say this. It's, it's coming back to bite them, if that's truly the case. Those unvaxxed employees, do they know can, how to fuel the planes? Can, can they? Do they know how to make sure that when you have a reservation and you're set that that, that, that reservation actually happens? It's the whole thing. So I, I don't think you understand what a reservation I, is. I've got one to share with you here. Go ahead. This is... Is this off the super secret? Test super secret via Sean. Tuscaloosa, Tucson. SoCal, Tallahassee, Baton Rouge. The Chicago Fire didn't draw. The key is playing on softball fields, not modified baseball. Thank you. Put teams in college markets. Season starts after the World Series, runs eight weeks. Pro World Series week right before college football kicks off. Love it. Love it. I And that's love someone it. that loves the sport of softball. Yeah, and, and again, I think that's the key. I don't I enjoyed having this game uh, Sunday night in Kokomo. Indiana. It was great. It was an awesome experience. I hated that we did it on a baseball field. Is that the Kokomo that inspired that Beach Boys song? 
If so, they had a much different Kokomo experience than I did. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was – I mean, and, and I'm not saying that to be mean. It was really, really well done. Uh, playing Josh, I think it's great that OKC sparks softball teams coming to town. Can you play the Boz talking about Switzer recruiting him to OU? It's great. That's from Curtis B. Was he on the show or something? Or is it just a, – was it a Twitter feed that made the round some – is it old? Is it an old school thing that I'm missing? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh Share a link with us, and sure, yeah, we'll play it before to. we get out of here. Doc writes, Pacific Northwest, I'd avoid Portland, but Eugene might work, or maybe into Seattle or Tacoma. Again, I think that part of that is travel. That's that's a, a big-time, massive amount of travel that you would be in the midst of, and I don't know if, if that's a world you want to get too caught up in or too involved in. Um, that dark cloud that is the football season is almost gone. And my serotonin levels are slowly rising. College football is almost here. I'm the same way. It's so exciting. Yeah, dude. I'm pretty jacked. I'm not going to lie to you. And I, you know what's kind of been fun? Are there days when we come in here and we're like, there's not a lot of meat on this bone today, but we're going to have fun regardless? Sure. But I feel like we're really, and, and not to your text, sir, but I feel like we're really freaking spoiled because there has been – Nonstop news after news after news, and then after one day, you're like, "So what?" USC and UCLA went to the Big Ten. What else? So what, Kevin Durant? What else is going on? I need more. We've almost become like spoiled children with a news cycle. I was fighting on Sunday night with Arnie, and I know we got a break, Connor. But I was fighting with with Con- uh, with Connor with Arnie on Sunday night. He's like, "There's just not that many good games in college football." I'm thinking to myself. What? That's someone that doesn't love college you, you football. Know, I, right. He's like, well, I mean, you're telling me there's all these good games, and I get I get nothing. And I'm like, well, it's week zero. They're not putting anything. They usually put they put one good game on there, and they're putting Nebraska and Northwestern. It's a good game. It's a Big Ten Conference game. But then you go to week one, holy smokes, we've got great games in week one. And really, honestly, how many great games do you need in a, in a typical college football weekend? Right? Because – you're probably only able to sit and watch truly start to finish maybe four games. Well, and that's its own deep-seated discussion that we can dive into next and maybe carry over into tomorrow's show. Basically, that's the Colin Cowherd approach. You're saying you don't love college football the way that it is, and you want to you want to change college athletics, right? I mean, you want more of USC and UCLA to the Big Ten and more of OU Texas to the SEC, and you don't care about these right. other schools and programs. That's right. That's absolutely right. Which is interesting for for Arnie because, look, dude, Arizona and Arizona State don't necessarily have a bus ticket to the Big Ten or the SEC. There's a group of people that just want bangers every game, and you're just not going to get that. It's not reality. Um, we got a break. We'll wrap up the show next. He's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. It's the Raph, the home of Sooner fans. Did you see that uh, Steel Man during the break was – Hunting down because Curtis B wanted to hear the Bosworth cut. Yeah, did we you got, get it? Yeah. All right, play. I don't. Flip. I haven't heard this in a long time. Sorry, we got to ramp down the music here. It, 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 everybody, for, be patient. Imagine that. Chill. Imagine. Imagine right, that this was seamless. There All right, go. here we go. Uh, committed to Texas A&M, and I'm sitting in my high school cafeteria, and there's three thousand kids in my school, so there's a thousand of us, and you know, in the cafeteria. And, I'm looking across and I see this 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 cat walk in in a full length mink coat. And I take a, and I go, it, it can't be, it can't be, because all the other coaches would come and they'd pull me out of class and take me in. Here he comes and he he calls me out. Hey, where's Boss? Where's Boss? 
And I go, oh, no, no, no. And he's got the rings on. I know you want one of these. I know you want one of these. You don't get it at A&M. <laughs> <laughs> he was right. He wouldn't have got it at A&M. So it's a good thing. But not a bad oh, way to leave man. the show. Not a bad way to leave the show today. Switzer, what a legend. The king, ladies and gentlemen. I think this is a good question to wrap on today. And usually if you ask a question twice on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, I get to it. Um, I understand a lot of listeners don't know who True Sooner is. And some are curious why he's always on the show. I don't think I'm being rude. It's a simple question. Is he the son of the boss? Is he special? Oh, he's special, all right. He so, calls into the show. Yeah, that's that's really the easiest way to put it. And you must really be listening close because he hadn't called in a couple of days for me, but he also he owns the station. I mean, that's what it, his mom and dad own the station, right. so we have to allow him the opportunity right. to come on. <laughs> Anytime he calls, we push to the front line. So there, yeah, it's 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 uh, nepotism at its finest is what's going on here at True. Yeah, Center. no, there's there's not, none of that going on. It's, <laughs> it's just yeah. he calls into the show. It, he wants to it's easy. talk. It's the easiest thing to possibly do is to pick up the phone and call 405-329-9000. Uh, but don't do it for us. Do it for Steelman and Thune Parkers. Got tons of crouton information coming hey, have up next. Have a great afternoon. Um, I get to edge, so it's going to be hell. That'll be cool. For Connor Pasby, for Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Show never stops on Twitter at Josh on Helm, at Josh on Helmer, at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show. Stick around. Mike Steely, Parker through next.